millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. Today we have the opportunity to hear from one of our brothers in North Africa. I was able to travel to that region of the world not long ago and record this interview with a pastor who serves in an area where the gospel is not welcome. We're just going to call him Pastor Joe in order to protect him. You'll notice from the sound quality, we recorded this on the road. We weren't in a fancy studio, but I hope you'll pay attention and hear how God is helping people in North Africa find freedom in Christ. Pastor Joe says when people there come to faith in Christ, they know what it's going to cost them. A huge price. When you live in a a Christian world, as they used to say, you can't really imagine what the people here endure, because this includes to be uh, rejected or denied by your family. I can tell you a number of of cases uh, that I know that we've had to even intervene, take care of them, remove them from one region to another. This includes to lose their jobs and other normal challenges like uh, for a lady not finding someone to marry, for a man to struggle to find a wife, simply because you have that name, you are identified as a Christian. You are like someone who has a leprosy. A modern day leper. Uh, no one wants to associate with you. No one wants to rent you an apartment. No one wants to hire you for a job. How do you prepare new believers to pay that price? Like, like even before they come to faith, do you talk to them about, hey, that you know, this is going to be really hard? Or after they come to faith, do you say, now, I, I want to let you know this is going to be really hard? How do you get people ready to go through that rejection and that being cut off? My answer to that question would be at two different levels. Uh, the first level is that really it's God who prepare them. Amen. Because we've been amazed by some cases where someone go through hard stuff that even myself, I can't really support, I can't resist. But yeah, they stay strong. So God do the first and the real preparation. So we join in the second phase what God is doing. And I can say even we are there simply because God chose us. It's a privilege to be there, uh, to be in that journey of this new believer. And now open the Bible, tell them, hey, you are not the first one. You are not the last one. Actually, this is part of the Christian journey. And the Bible says, blessed are you when this happens to you. Blessed are you when you are persecuted. Exactly. 
I remember Jesus saying, if you become my disciple, the world will hate you. That saying from Jesus himself, we can see it. I now quickly think about this young lady. She went to university. She met some believers, told her about Jesus. She was excited to discover who is that Jesus. She accepted to receive him in her heart uh, joyfully. And without anyone warning her, um, as soon as she arrived back home, she started telling people that, oh, I discovered Jesus, I became a believer. She was excited about it. Absolutely. <laughs> but her own mother was the first one to disagree with her. This is what she said. I would rather know that my daughter became a prostitute rather than becoming a Christian. Wow. That is shocking uh -huh. for me. The whole family came against her. They started insulting her, beating her, and one night they just throw her outside with a pyjama, uh, so she was not well uh, dressed. So she ran away, and I'm glad we were there to receive her and help. So the interesting thing to me is, in light of that culture, and in, in spite of the high price that new believers pay, there are still people coming to faith. There are still people meeting Jesus. That is why I told you, we are here trying to do what we can do, but glory to God. He's the one who is the pioneer in every life we meet. He prepared people before we can meet them. Some we met them personally, some we meet them through social media, some we come out to us saying, I had a dream about this and this, can you explain to me what it is about? And we see that it is God who start with them, who continue with them, who finish with them, who give them all the strength that they need to overcome all these many uh, challenges. As a pastor, how much danger are you in? Because it seems like if you are causing people's children to renounce their family faith, you would be seen as an enemy. How, how much danger are you in? Again, this is something I am not able to explain to you. This comes only from God. Many times we sit down, my wife and I, and we wonder, how have we been able to be here all of these years? We don't understand. So we simply know that the strength comes from God. We saw many people coming. We've been here around for, for a long period of time. Uh, we see people coming, saying, I'm here for a long time, so it's three years, it's four years. So we've been here for more than 10 years. Um, but God gives strength. So we are not special people. We are afraid. We, we are exposed, like uh, everyone. So I can tell you that many times, we start a day, but we don't know how the day will end. Many times, 
before we go to a meeting, we think twice. Do we take our children today? Do we leave them at home? We have to watch the news or read what is going around every day because we may be in a place where maybe we have to run away. So we, have to, we want to make sure that our children are secure uh, somewhere. Uh, but amazingly, um, God has been protecting us. It's true that um, we've had someone coming, breaking a window of our car, uh, like to say, hey, you should not be around. One day, someone came and wrote something like a harassment on the door of our uh, place of worship. But, um, yeah, it's God protecting. Who knows? Maybe some attempts uh, happened, happened and uh, people maybe saw angels protecting our house. We don't know. Yeah. We are in a constant danger, but uh, God is protecting. I'm interested to say that you said we are afraid. Yes. We do have fear. Yes. But we keep on doing the work. Yes. How do you balance those things out? Like, how do you work through the fear and, and keep ministering? Now, this will bring us back to the essence of Christianity, what the Bible teaches us, starting by our Lord Jesus himself. Did he come to this earth being aware that he should suffer? He did. Muslims would say... Actually, it did not happen. Those who say it happened, they may even say it was an accident. But we know that intentionally Jesus came knowing that he was going to pay a price for all, all of us, for, for our sins. So, if as a Christian I spend all my life escaping the challenges, escaping the danger, I may end up not doing what God is calling me to do. Let me give you a very simple example. Is it obvious for a businessman in the USA who is comfortable doing his business, making his money, he earned five million dollars of interest on his business, and he take a million dollars and he invested in a, a mission somewhere. Another non-believer would say, hey, are you normal? You take a million dollars and you give it to people you don't know? That's his way to sacrifice part of him or his property. So I don't have a million dollars to give, but I have time, I have energy. My wife and I, we were a young couple when we joined this part of the region. We were dreaming also like other young people to have a better life. But we chose this consciously knowing it would be hard. But if someone can benefit from our ministry, we rejoice. And by the way, it's a big joy. Every time we see people coming to faith, it's a big feast. Every time we baptize a new believer, it's uh, like uh, people coming part of our own families. 
when, yes, they are coming to church, we take care of them, uh, even though we live far away from our own country of origin. I sense the excitement that you have about the ministry and the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I, I sense the joy amen, of the Lord amen, on, on you and even in your conversation. Yes. Tell me some more stories of, of some of those people who are coming to faith that you celebrate and you have a big feast because of, of seeing God at work. Now, the, uh, the other example that comes to my mind is um, that uh, young man that I just met. He was in a coffee shop with uh, other believers uh, I know. And we were talking, he was saying, oh, I don't believe in uh, your nonsense stories. But later on, he came to faith. But as he was coming to faith, he's been in a very difficult life as a, a teenager. He got sick and his family and the church. We did all we could uh, to find good medications for him, but he couldn't heal. So uh, physically he was getting worse and worse, but spiritually he was getting better and better. And sad to say, actually he, he was the first local believer that we baptized because he insisted until the very last minute when he was on his bed passing away he was encouraging other believers he had his phone on his bed sending text messages verses songs until the very last minute and I say there is God only him can give this strength you could feel that he was not afraid of what was going to happen after that. Amazing story, amazing faithfulness of God. One of the things that we like to do for our listeners is equip them to pray. So as we're thinking about North Africa and people who are coming to faith, and the, you've mentioned some of the challenges they face, even from their own family members, how can we pray for them? People are getting discouraged. Praying for them to be encouraged and not to think only as individuals, but to think as the community, to think about the future of the church. This is missing a little bit. That is um, leading to other Christians are living well in America. They are living where? In Europe. What if I just leave? It's too much. When you don't have a support from your family, when you don't have a support from the friends, economically, it becomes also challenging. And these days, we are observing people just saying, I am still a Christian, I am still with Jesus, but I don't want to stay here. I am leaving. So... And it plays a negative role on us as uh, leaders because you are starting a group, you are hoping, oh, this one can be the future leader, and then, <laughs> bye-bye, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And if God can raise this other um, uh, feeling 
of I think even the Bible say we are part of the body, yes. but we have to have a relationship between uh, different parts of the body. We read it this morning, actually, that the version we read said they actually have ownership of each other. Mm-hmm. Like we are connected and we own each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm fascinated because I had a conversation with a pastor in Iraq uh, about 10 years ago. So it was when it was really hard in Iraq. Mm. And I asked him, okay, how can we pray for the church here? The first thing he said, he said, the number one request, pray that God will call Christian people to stay here. Yes. Because there's so many reasons to leave. Yes. It's so hard. It's so much better in the West. Pray that God will call people to stay here. Yes. Uh, so I sense that, that same prayer request from you is yes. pray that God will call believers to stay put. Yeah. And for the few Christian families where the husband and wife, they share the same faith, we always pray that this one can stay strong and their children can inherit Mm. this um, new mindset. Mm -hmm. It's difficult in a kind of environment that it's uh, dominated uh, by another uh, faith uh, influence. You go to school, you go to the market, where you go, where you play with other children. It's the same. Only the parents, they're the one that have maybe their TV screen showing Christian programs. So these children, if we can pray for them, for a new generation of citizens, who will not have a, a negative influence uh, from Islam. Mm. Yeah. Is it uncommon for the husband and the wife to both be believers? Or is it, is it often the case that only one comes to faith and the other one doesn't? Or? It's often that only one of them is a believer. Wow. And in many cases, the other one will not know for a long time. <laughs> so they keep it a, a secret. Because of the fear of rejection and yes, persecution. Yes, yes. Because uh, if my wife finds out that uh, I'm a Christian, maybe it's divorce, it's, it's finished. Or if uh, my wife, my husband, uh, they will tell their family, and it will be a big deal. Uh, funny enough, uh, we heard a story where the husband was trying to hide and his wife became a believer without knowing that uh, the husband was uh, <laughs> a believer. She was also hiding. And one day, each one of them were invited in a meeting. <laughs> and there's no communication. <laughs> so and, they showed up at the same place. Yes. What are you doing here? Oh, how about you? Uh, so, you are part of these people. I ask you the same question. <laughs> and you can imagine it was wow. a, a great day for them. How can we pray for your ministry and your family? Thank you so much for this question. You know, I want to start by being thankful for you already, for coming up to us to have this conversation and uh, it's also an encouraging uh, thing to know that 
somebody else is interested in what we are, we are doing. We are not so strange. Uh, it's an adventure that we are in, but it's a faith adventure, and the body of Christ is still uh, concerned. So, we mentioned about fear. I think we would appreciate if people, our brethren around the world, can continue praying for us to be strong, to remain faithful, as the one who called us is uh, faithful. Currently, we have on our hearts really to share more of what we learned because we learned a lot. We've been teaching, yes, but we've been also learning. So we want to be able to pass the, the, the baton to, to other um, potential leaders that we see around us, equip them. Some, some people living in the, the kind of places we live, we live uh, like a, a lonely life. Um, isolated. We are isolated. And when you think, as a family, our children are also going through hard things. Many years without being regularly in contact with the, the family. Uh, I think in English, people find uh, an expression that they are the third culture kids. Yes. Our children are in that category and we would pray uh, and ask the body of Christ to pray with us that our children do not suffer from the choices we made but that it can be maybe an advantage in their life. So two things, our new directions in what we do, focusing on equipping people, focusing also in mobilizing more workers to come here. Uh, we are involved in that. So if God can give us ideas, strategies how to reach more people. And then I would say praying for our children. Well, we have radio listeners all around the world, and they're going to pray this week for your family and for your children, and not just this week, but on into the future. Pastor Joe, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for being willing to let us come and visit and uh, just sharing your heart and, and sharing what it is like to be a, a gospel worker in North Africa. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Again, as I used to say, we are all working in the same government, <laughs> the same kingdom. In the same kingdom, so, yeah. yeah. So we, we appreciate this, this partnership. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted.